0: hi mother mother
1: we were trying to figure out who's mother who's mother like not out of the two of us but oh god absolutely not out of the two of us we have this habit of one of us says something and the other says the exact same thing i go who's mother and you go who's mother
0: (laughs) you said mother i said mother yeah yeah
1: so yet another (laughs) example of you repeating it and me i also do it um anyways who is mother like who's mother to you as a celebrity what celebrity to you is mother
0: Like, Kate Blanchett is, like, obviously, like... But I don't know if it's personality. She just gives... She walks in the room like, that's a mother. She's kind of giving mommy to me.
1: Like, mama. Mm. I just feel like she would kill me if she was mother. She'd, like, kill me in my sleep or something.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's mother. Not mommy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking of, like, a a lady who, like, comforts me. Like, there's there's quite a few... That's mommy. Oh. See, like, there's quite a few fathers to me. Like, Robin Williams, to me, was father. Like, because he... Just growing up, he was in so many movies. He was like a middle-aged guy in all these movies I watched as a kid. And to me, he was father. You know? Yeah. So I'm like, who's mother?
0: Mother is more like you
1: Or is it sexy?
0: Like it can be, but I think it's more like it's like mother. (laughs) So true.
1: (laughs) I, I can't think of mother. Like Meryl Streep? No, no, no. She's like, yeah. I guess it is someone with like snatched.
0: What bones. about like singers? Do you know any mother singers? Just never cared as much about singing. But like, like you're I don't
1: like, just care as much about the music industry. This musician is so mother. Do people call Caroline Polachek mother?
0: I'm sure someone does.
1: Yeah, people really do be calling thirty year old women mother.
0: Oh yeah. Do you remember when Lord like asked her fans to stop calling her mommy, or maybe she didn't. Someone asked their fans to stop calling them mommy. People keep calling ContraPoints mommy, and she's like, I'm 30. Please stop. I know, but it's more like you're just your mom. Your mommy.
1: I would be so offended if my fans call me mommy. Like, I'm a little girl. I'm just a little baby. It's just like <laughs> you're
0: like the big spider, and they're like the little, and you're like taking care of everyone. You're like a big spider.
1: <laughs> like the Miss Sunny's pad. Show. Yeah. Wait, is that what that show is called? What Miss Sunny's patch? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But I
0: knew what you were talking about. Okay. I hope that was an enriching conversation for you all. I'm Hannah. I I think it's safe to say I am not mother.
1: I'm a yeah. I'm really hoping I'm not mother. I don't think I am. <laughs> but I just have a deep voice, and so I think that that's already.
0: I don't think that those are requ- that that's a requirement for mother or not mother.
1: I don't have snatched cheekbones, so probably not, then. Mother. <laughs> I'm not mother. I'm not mother either.
0: And this is Rehash, a podcast about the social media phenomenons that strike a nerve in our culture, only to be quickly forgotten, but we think are due for a revisiting. This season is about paradigm shifts, moments that change the way we do things for better or for worse. If you like our show and want to hear more from us, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash rehashpodcasts, where we have bonus episodes, weekly mini-sodes, and early access to our regular programming. If you don't want to join the Patreon, feel free to rate and review us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because that helps a lot. <laughs> because that helps a lot. Before we dive into the topic of this week's episode, I want to tell you a story about (laughs) J-Lo. I'm going to tell you the story of how Google image search came to be. It begins with J-Lo in her green Versace dress. Can you describe the dress for me?
1: It's like this kind of like jungle print, green, I I remember slightly sheer dress with long sleeves and this super, super, super plunging neckline, I think all the way down to the belly button, and people were absolutely gobsmacked by it. Today, I'm confused as to why. I've also never really liked the dress. I also don't love J.Lo, so the whole thing I was kind of like, huh, but it, it was groundbreaking.
0: Yeah. Legend has it that after she wore this green dress to the Grammys in the year 2000, it became the most searched thing on Google, but because the search engine didn't have, like, the infrastructure to bring users directly to the photos of the dress, it inspired them to come up with Google image search. And I thought that this was, like, an urban legend. It's fully true.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
0: Does it, how does it make you feel that such an invaluable resource was invented? Because people wanted to see Jennifer Lopez's torso.
1: I don't know. I'm just kind of like, wow, we were deprived at the time. Like, I guess porn wasn't as available. So we were like, we got to see J-Lo's boobs on Google.
0: I wonder if it was also like, hey, did you hear about JLo's los dress? And then it was like, no, I got to see J-Lo's dress. And oh,
1: it- yeah. But you think that the whole world was searching JLo's los dress because they were interested in the fashion of it? No,
0: Anna? I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> but it's like, you hear about this? Oh, I got to check it out.
1: Yeah, but I think that they were searching because they wanted to see boobs.
0: Oh, obviously. Although you can't actually see her boobs in the I know, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, I think it's kind of funny that we wanted to see those boobs. But, like, maybe it was just a time when boobs were a bit more scarce.
0: No one had ever seen boobs before.
1: I do think, though, like, Google Images has changed so much because when we were younger... Scary. You could search boobs on Google and they would come up in Google Images. Blue waffle. Whereas now, obviously, you could never...
0: Well, yeah, those things. i would like look stuff up on google and then know that like if i kept going like about four pages into google images there was a very high chance i was going to see something i didn't want to see i remember um
1: i had a grade six sex ed class and my teacher there was only four of us in my grade six class long story but my teacher my poor male like 32 year old teacher had to teach us about sex and it was a co-ed class so he took us into the computer room and he was like okay here's a list of things that you guys should just look up and you'll figure it out and so I looked up erection on google.com and a picture of an erection came up and then my teacher was like you know what actually this is not this isn't working and so we just never did it again
0: (laughs) oh my god wait how old were you
1: um, I was in grade 6, I was 12, oh. and there was a bunch of, like, older scary boys in the computer room <laughs> who saw me look it up and they were like, what the fuck? That's so tr- <laughs> That's horrible. Google Images, like...
0: It'll get ya.
1: Completely unrestrained. I actually do think it's really cool in a way that Google Images came about because of this, like, fashion moment that we can all cite. You oh, know what I mean?
0: If you Like, even if you don't like the dress, it is probably one of the most iconic dresses like in our lifetimes at least like people know the dress yeah it's like the bjork swan dress yeah it's infamous so today's episode isn't about jlo but i thought it would be nice to start off the episode with a story about how a woman's body helped build the internet before we go into how another's broke it because today we are talking about the kim kardashian break the internet paper magazine cover In November of 2014, the arts and cultural magazine, Paper, released an issue with Kim Kardashian's naked butt on the cover. The words, break the internet, written across the page. I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: Oh. I straight up was like, I don't get it and why. And so I'm I'm excited to find out why I should get it.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get you to get it. But first to set the scene, in the year 2014, Kim Kardashian was a fascinating figure. How would you describe like early career Kardashian?
1: Um, So my first encounter with Kim Kardashian as a figure was when she came to the MMVAs because Much Music in Canada hosted this yearly kind of like version of the VMAs. Um, It was so awesome. It was when Toronto was still cool and she came on when the Jonas Brothers were presenting an award and she came on to present it with them and then Joe Jonas was like, damn it was like staring at her butt and I think it was kind of like a bit but then he also was just straight up checking out her ass and she was wearing this like bodycon dress and her butt like wasn't as comically large as it ended up becoming um but it was still big and he was looking at it I also remember early Kim kind of representing that older era of like LA it girls who like wore lots of sparkly makeup and like blingy kind of outfits and were known for like conspicuous consumption and for being bad girls Uh, and then i also remember she was known for her sex tape with ray j which is also just falls in line with that early it girl
0: persona and how would you like characterize her as like a public figure like how how we engaged with her
1: i think she was understood as a bit of a joke and I think she played into that um I think anyone who was on reality tv at that time was considered a bit of a joke yeah she wasn't taken seriously like she was she was definitely a a representative of fluff
0: yes definitely and I would also say like a representative of this fear that we had so the Kardashians keeping up with the Kardashians came out in 2007 and that was during the sort of kind of almost a gold rush of reality TV where suddenly it was just becoming so much more prolific. And it was kind of sandwiched between The Hills, which came out in 2005, and Jersey Shore, which came out in 2008, 2009.
1: The Hills to Jersey Shore pipeline was a short one, but a lubed up one.
0: And The Kardashians (laughs) is like a spray tan stop along the way.
1: Yeah, you can see the middle ground. Like You can see it (laughs) occupying that space in the pipeline.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there was this kind of panic in this like mid 2000s to like late 2000s time about the prominence of reality TV and people being like, look at how America is just like rotting look at like how our IQs are going down and the Kardashians, especially, you know, Kim's sex tape being what like brought buzz to the show and to the family that really solidified their place in there. And they were shameless.
1: Yeah. We really did grow up in this Bush-era anti-Americanism, kind of. Yeah. Where it was like, Americans are all obese. They have this insane food problem. They're all so stupid. Look at how stupid their president is. They're all so shameless. And I think this was kind of almost the culmination of that. Especially in 2007, right at the end of his
0: reign. Totally. And it's like, I can't believe this is the crap everyone's watching on TV nowadays. And I think there was a big panic around it. And I mean, like, reality TV obviously, like, varies in quality and I think the fact that they were shameless and like you know she was friends with Paris Hilton and that whole cohort of girls who were famous for being famous made people immediately be like oh I don't want that get that out of here but then at the same time they kind of grew to like love to hate her and her family
1: yeah, well, I think reality TV taps into this human inclination towards voyeurism. It's like, we love watching a car crash. Yeah. And that is kind of why we watch reality TV. Like, we want to see some shenanigans. And I think the Kardashians, especially in the early seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, there were shenanigans. Like, I actually really like the early seasons. Me too. I am the biggest hater of the Kardashians. Like, <laughs> no, I am unnuanced about those people. I do not like them. I think they bring no goodness to the world but I love those early seasons because they're ridiculous
0: and this is what I think is the testament of like a Kardashian's ability to survive this period where you know all of their attention was sort of coming from like hate watching and we saw them as like shameless is that they were willing to stick that out because they wanted the attention they were willing to do the things that got us talking about them they were willing to be crazy on their show and do all this stuff and like wait through it until they actually developed like an organic fan base and people actually just started to love the show and it became so popular and it's impossible to talk about Kim without talking about her body as well because it's been such a big part of her public persona like and her career from the beginning in the first season of the Kardashians they they talk about I think it might even be the first episode they talk about Kim's butt and like Is it real? Did you get stuff put in it? And like, it's always been a topic of conversation.
1: She's always kind of done this theater of the body very well,
0: I think. Wait, what do you mean by theater of the body?
1: Like, I think her body is kind of like performance art in a way, right? Like, her body itself has been the subject of entertainment. Yeah. And I think in the the way that like drag performers wear these paddings, like that is kind of what she also structured her body to look like. And in the same way that drag is kind of a performance of gender, performance of uber femininity, Kim Kardashian also kind of embodies that, except that she went the full route and got it stuck in her permanently. So it's like, yeah, it's always just been very interesting
0: to watch. Definitely. Especially, I mean, at the beginning, like, I think she naturally had a butt. And obviously we'll talk about the progression of her butt later on. But I think... It's interesting to think about her being, people being so fascinated with just like her butt as it was. But I love that description. I love the, like the theater of the body. That's very cool. So she was mega famous by the early 2010s, but any early attempts by Kim to legitimize herself to consumers outside of the E! Network were met with backlash. So she upset readers when they put her on the cover of W in 2010. And then... Oh my God, if they only knew what was coming. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, there was uproar because she opened a boutique in Soho in 2010 as well. And in scholarship on reality TV, there's this idea called the cellutoid, a phrase coined by Chris Rojek, which refers to people who become really famous for as long as they serve a function to the media that created them. So like reality TV stars, for example, especially people on shows like, you know, TLC, where there's not really any kind of career longevity outside of being honey boo-boo oh, yeah yeah um so since they were coming up like we said in that reality tv boom like it was logical to assume that the relevancy of the kardashians would be short-lived it would exist there i mean what are the people from the hills doing right now
1: heidi montag every once in a while appears in the corner the bottom corner of people magazine oh bottom right corner she's there sometimes
0: Oh, I'm so happy there's someone looking out for her. (laughs) But why do you think that the Kardashians were able to beat the odds? Their mother. True,
1: yes. (laughs) I just think that their Kris Jenner... Oh God, I hate giving her this credit, and I hate that everyone gives her this credit, but she is... I think she's someone who has a lot of foresight, and I think in changing up their brand identity so often they've been able to have staying power also there's many of them so they represent many generations of of people so it's like there's the older kardashians who kind of represented the like earlier 2000s but then there's also the jenners who also helped kind of reignite their popularity because the jenners represent gen z and younger millennials and i think
0: that's also helped covered their bases.
1: Yeah. And then I think um, being culture vultures and sucking from whatever culture they think is most relevant at the time.
0: One important factor that you missed uh, was also Kanye West. So things started to change for the Kardashians in 2012 when it was announced that Kim, who had just come out of like a 72 day long marriage that everyone was like oh my god can you believe how ridiculous this woman is she just had this televised marriage that couldn't even last a year when she and kanye west announced that they were having a baby so kanye's had a major fall from grace in recent years um but what was his reputation in 2012 would you say he
1: was understood as a genius also because he kept telling everyone he was one yeah but also like he was coming out of my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh which I mean, I understand as one of his best albums. I think his best album, in my personal opinion.
0: One like, of my favorites of all
1: time. Yeah, just like the technical mastery in the album is incredible. I think that the songs all have staying power, but that there's enough of them that are niche that haven't been done to death by the radio either. <laughs> uh, and I think he was very well regarded in within his industry and outside of it. And he kind of had overcome the Taylor Swift drama by this point. Um, keep putting out good music and I guess people forget
0: yeah he'd kind of managed to do what the Kardashians would eventually like learn to do or honestly maybe we're already doing which is to like persevere through scandal and what about like his relation to the art and fashion worlds like would you say he was a legitimate force in that arena
1: I mean if you watch the video for Runaway you can immediately tell that he's someone who has a lot of artistic influence also I'm pretty I'm not sure if he was working with Virgil Abloh at this time But I remember Virgil Abloh being one of his creative directors. I don't know if I'm getting the timeline wrong, but I'm sure that also helped at some point in his career. But yeah, he's always been someone who has like pretty great aesthetic taste.
0: And he's really knowledgeable about fashion. Like there's a line in, um, I think it's the opening track for My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, where he's like, and my chick in that new Phoebe Philo. And, like, (laughs) I guess, like, for a man to be, like, referencing the woman who designs for Céline, that is, like, very, like, Céline. Céline. I think if you're French, you can say (laughs) Céline. Céline. (laughs) Céline. Who, like, in, like, women's fashion circles is, like, very appreciated, but you wouldn't expect a guy who's not in women's fashion to be, like, dropping her name. I
1: mean, even a woman outside of fashion (laughs) wouldn't know who Phoebe Philo is, like, (laughs) but that is such a, that's such a great reference. Yeah.
0: So then when you got with Kim, like, do you remember how this relationship shifted things for her?
1: When you said Kanye West, I just heard <laughs> bound to playing in my head. I was like, ah! oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I think not for me, but yes, for the general public, people were <laughs> like, oh, Kim Kardashian's with it. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's dating this guy who's known for being cool. I think people were disappointed in Kanye in a way that I am disappointed in Timothy Chalamet for allegedly dating (laughs) Kylie Jenner. But, yeah, I think it was a mixture of Kim getting elevated as being more sophisticated, but then Kanye kind of getting lowered a little bit to where she was in people's minds.
0: I would say, but I I also feel like he went on a heavy PR, basically, his own self-created PR campaign to prove to us and to insist to us that Kim Kardashian was worth him being... With her, there was this era where he was like, Kim's a genius, Kim's an icon. And we were like, yes, okay, sure.
1: He really is a tastemaker. And if
0: that man could
1: get us to believe that Kim Kardashian is a sophisticated business lady, then I guess he could do anything at that time.
0: Absolutely. And like you could see the way that like being with Kanye was changing, you know, Kim's fashion sense. She started wearing a lot more black. She toned down her accessories like she was dressing in his style. Obviously, her presence in the fashion world was still contentious. But he was doing things like bringing her as his plus one to the Met Gala in 2013. Which now she's like a regular appearance there.
1: She's like the appearance.
0: The Kardashians
1: have taken over that red
0: carpet. Except for Chloe and Courtney, who apparently have never been invited. No, there was a year that they were all there together. Oh, never mind, never mind. And then when they got married in 2014, Vogue caused controversy for putting them on the cover. And people were like, this is a publicity stunt, like Vogue, wow, like you've really lost it. Oh my god, you really
1: can't watch a Vogue video without Kim Kardashian appearing in it now.
0: It's crazy. And then Anna Wintour's later response to like the controversy was, I think if we remain deeply tasteful and just put deeply tasteful people on the cover, it would be a rather boring magazine. Nobody would talk about us. It's very important that people do talk about us.
1: Dude, and it's honestly so true because Vogue has managed to adapt itself to new media so, so well. Like, their YouTube channel is kind of iconic now in the, yeah. the formats that they use. And I think using the Kardashians really helped that. Do I like it? No. I wish they could find corny ass people like low culture people who aren't the kardashians but here we are
0: i mean at this point when they use the kardashians they're not even using them as low culture they're just using them i know now
1: well now they just don't represent low culture but i'm like find an actual low culture person and find one who's fun (laughs) and not like insidious
0: i was personally like i did buy into the whole kanye west kim's a genius thing like I i thought that they were so cool because it was like a marrying of like high and low culture at least to me, like, I, you know, he was this artist and he, she was like this muse. I spoke to my friend Rosalind while researching this episode and she's a bit of like a Kardashian scholar. Um, Sympathizer more like. She, yeah, she has a lot to say about them in a very different point of view. And we both sort of agreed that we bought into Kim when Kanye bought into her. And, you know, she pointed out that he was a tastemaker, like you said, and he really turned her body, the thing she's famous for, into art. Like you mentioned earlier, like Kim's actual physical form felt like a creation and it almost felt like Kanye was like signing his name onto it.
1: Well, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a creation. It was a creation. It's completely fake. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean the like... It was
1: carefully constructed to look like that.
0: Yes. And her paper magazine cover really solidified all of this. So how would you describe paper magazine and its reputation as a publication?
1: what i understand of it is that it kind of came up in this wave for me in my periphery in this wave of kind of like smaller art magazines like i remember i read love magazine back then i think dazed was kind of coming up a bit more at that time and it felt like paper was kind of a part of them i also remember it being more provocative of a magazine than like your legacy magazines like vogue or l yeah and just a bit a bit edgier
0: yeah, it was uh, created in 1984, and in an oral history for paper for the New York Times, John Ortved described it as the scrappy kid sibling to the argumentative Village Voice and illustrious Interview. Its readers were beautiful people and misfits, insiders and outsiders the magazine was first published in 1984 and for much of its early life they had virtually like no money and so that allowed them to publish material that wouldn't make the cut anywhere else like they'd go to bell hooks for example they'd be like write us something we can only pay you like a hundred dollars but we won't take anything out and people who wanted to have that kind of platform and yeah not be censored through like ads and all of that really appreciated it so i think they became like a very cool credible kind of like outsider source yeah in new york but by the 2000s with the decline of print media paper had to shift more focus onto the marketing side of things to keep itself afloat of course then editor of paper magazine, Nikki Boardman, explained the decision to put Kim Kardashian on the cover in an interview with Yahoo. Boardman had been working in magazine editing during the peak of the 90s supermodel cover girl and witness how that evolved into celebrities then being put on the cover. I know you're a big 90s fashion girlie.
1: And you know... a <laughs> That makes me sound like I was around in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> She's...
0: <laughs> My year's actually 40. And you know a lot more about the supermodels than I do. Do you feel like the supermodel is at all responsible for the creation of the celebrity model? Like celebrities as models?
1: Yeah, because I think the 90s supermodels, I think the big five were like Christy Turlington, Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, Cindy Crawford, and Claudia Schiffer, I believe. And they brought about this era where... The model wasn't just this blank canvas, this like blank, beautiful canvas for the clothing. Like she wasn't just like a rack for the clothes. They brought about this era where the model had like a name and kind of ascended to celebrity status. And like Chrissy Charlington has that famous quote where she was like, we don't wake up for less than $10,000 a day. And I think, yeah, because they celebrified the model, I think it became it definitely bled into this era where the actual just regular celebrity became a model because... People wanted to see faces that they knew. I think the face is a very powerful symbol in our society. And I think if you're looking at a magazine cover and you don't know the face, it might not register to people as much. Do I agree? Like, I actually thought the era where it was just models who you don't know was really cool. But I do think that it makes sense as like a marketing
0: move. Yeah, totally. Even like in a campaign, you know, if you use a certain person who there are certain connotations attached to in your campaign or like with your product, then it's creating a narrative that you don't have to like construct for us. Like we can fill in the blanks Mm -hmm. where if it's somebody who has no reputation, who is just there to showcase something, there's a lot more like emphasis I feel like on like the storytelling on the page Yeah,
1: exactly. And can I just say, someone did Olivia Rodrigo so dirty with her last Vogue cover. Oh, I know. I was like, who? She's wearing this like big flower that casts the shadow across her face, like around her neck, and it's so badly done. I know. And they dressed her like a forty-year-old woman. I know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame.
1: really addicted to putting these, like, really young stars in these, like, really structured garments. Like, really ugly, heavily patterned garments. And it's just
0: terrible, terrible. I know. Let her have fun. So, Boardman saw Kardashian as the perfect celebrity cover star because her level of fame at that point could reliably sell magazines during a time where print was struggling. And because of the controversy of her recent Vogue cover, it was clear that she could easily cause a stir this is the same year as that so he thought putting her naked body on the cover was a guaranteed way to get some buzz
1: i mean he's right (laughs) yeah he was right
0: the photo shoot cost ten thousand dollars and it brought 30 million people to the magazine's website i mean
1: i'm the first person to ever say this so get ready sex sells
0: (laughs) Paper was also likely seizing on a new hot topic in fashion at the time, 2014, that Kim was starting to be associated with. So a few months before Kim's paper magazine cover, Vogue had published an article that claimed we were in the big booty era.
1: Oh, my God. It's actually crazy thinking that they like actually said it out loud and predicted it. And then made it happen. It's Fashion is such a chicken and egg thing. Oh, yeah. Like, who are the tastemakers making the trends or are people making the trends? And it's, You never actually know. It's so hard to tell.
0: I feel like, in this case, it was the people making the trend. I don't know if Vogue would be the first people to be like, we should make butts a thing.
1: Yeah, that's so true. Or, like, is it someone who saw Kim, saw potential in her, and then decided hey this could be a good yep. avenue for making plastic surgeons lots of money
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so in an article for women's studies quarterly writer janelle hobson points out that vogue's examples of big booties are famous white and latina women like kim Iggyzalea, j-lo many of whom, she says, have been or are currently romantically linked to black male rappers who have directed the prominent cultural gaze to their curvy backsides. Oh, I didn't even think about that. And I think, like, going back to, at this time, Kanye being, like, not just, like, a celebrated rapper, but someone who we look to as a tastemaker. Like, I think this was a time where we were looking to hip-hop for cues, like,
1: I just love that it's like, we can't just look to black women who actually just have those assets as setting the trends. Like, it has to be a man dictating it. Yeah, and
0: and, and Hobson points out that black women with similar curves like Rihanna, Beyonce, and Nicki Minaj, all of whom were very famous at the time, uh, were not given the same attention in the article or those kinds of think pieces generally. In the time leading up to the cover, like, butts had recently come to the forefront of the culture and were being validated by the fashion world but it's because white women were embracing them and they were becoming, like, the faces of them.
1: Yeah, because if you look at, like, okay, the 90s, for example, were a time when, like, no butt was the, like, mainstream trend. But if you look at any 90s hip-hop culture, butts were a huge aspect of that. What's that song that Baby came Baby Got Back. Baby Got Back was, like, all about women having huge butts. Yeah. But, like, it just hadn't, I guess, crossed over into the mainstream vernacular in a fashion way. Because the song was popular in the mainstream, but the actual trend, and I'll just say here, bodies should not be a trend, but the trend of big butts hadn't crossed over into the world of fashion. So I guess Vogue kind of declaring it made it cross over.
0: So weird so weird but I mean even in the 90s when you think about like hip-hop culture and how street style became like incorporated with Tommy Hilfiger and like Ralph Lauren and everything and how that became cool and then they were like oh shit we have to like we're gonna start making things to gear towards that
1: yeah I guess black culture has just always influenced um quote mainstream culture
0: and you've heard it here first
1: (laughs) we are the first people (laughs) to ever say that yeah
0: (laughs) do you have any memories of the big booty era the dawn of it it barely ended but um but when it was first coming up like twerking was a big thing and like I just feel like we were talking about asses all of a sudden
1: I just remember being like thank god we're not talking we're not thinking about boobs anymore I was like (laughs) thank god because like I'm not working with much (laughs) and so I was like oh my god yay like another body part to focus on It also feels like butts are something that you can, like, kind of grow because you can work them out. You know what I mean? Like, it also did trigger this era of, like, butt workouts Hmm. uh, in a way that, like, you can't do a boob workout. (laughs) You can't? Unfortunately not.
0: I've been wasting my time.
1: (laughs) There are actually these videos that are like, you can enhance your pectoral muscles and that'll make your boobs bigger. I don't think that's true. And also, don't follow any workout routines that are telling you you'll get a specific body type because one that's just gross and two not true it's just not gonna work
0: yeah and if you really
1: want big boobs drink soy milk
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, I did
1: have an era in high school where I did that
0: I think many girls did. such a bad time to go to high school for us it really was the big titty era well I think you just left high school when we did when the big booty era I was in grade 12 when it became big booty era
1: uh, I mean, I was in university. It's not like
0: I died. <laughs> it's not like I like You from the retirement home. <laughs> there was also, like, in 2013, you know, Miley Cyrus had discovered twerking, and, like, that also sort of, like, started the ball rolling in, like, white people being, like, butts. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a time for butts. So, Paper Magazine would hire Jean-Paul Good to shoot the cover and Good is famous for his work with his former partner singer Grace Jones in the 70s and 80s I'm I'm gonna show you her Island Life cover that he shot oh my
1: parents had this CD in their room and I remember seeing it as a kid and being like Uh,
0: how would you describe it
1: okay Grace Jones who we love Mm -hmm. my parents loved her I listened to her a lot growing up Uh, she rocks but um it's basically this picture of grace jones who is this like gorgeous statuesque black woman completely oiled up and naked and standing on this tiny little blue mat and she has a sweatband like a red sweatband around her chest like barely covering her boobs and then like a red sweatband around one knee and then a couple other sweatbands but that is all she's wearing and then she's in this kind of almost like a yoga position and she's holding a mic towards her
0: yeah Exactly. <laughs> the pose that she's doing on the cover of Island Life is not anatomically possible. So Gude was like an early adapter of like image enhancement and like manipulation, and he would do it analog. Oh, uh, sorry. I got to look at that again. <laughs> I know. It doesn't, it's not super obvious, but like she wasn't actually doing this. Like he her, edited.
1: her arm can't physically actually extend to her leg is, yeah. what, is what the anatomical
0: and fallacy he, is. He would like manipulate the bodies and the poses of his subjects and that was like a big part of his like work.
1: It's a gorgeous album cover.
0: It's, it's a beautiful photograph. And so the black female form is a recurring motif for Goode in his non-commercial work. And he admits to having a lifelong obsession with black people. He He's white, to okay, be Okay, at
1: least he just admits it.
0: He even published a book called Jungle Fever, which oh. has a naked Jones in a cage on the cover. I'll show you that. And so what do you make of the decision to have this specific photographer with this specific legacy photograph Kim Kardashian at this specific time?
1: It's saying it without it, right? Saying it that we are influenced by Black people on this cover. And, like, we are trying to make Kim Kardashian a surrogate for it, for them, or, like, a substitute for them.
0: Yeah. So now we're going to talk about the cover itself. Um, I'm sure you remember the photos from this photo shoot, but I'm going to show them to you. Do you want to describe the pictures? Uh,
1: Again, it's Kim Kardashian basically partially or fully nude in various images, uh, fully oiled up and kind of like teasing different parts of her body using this black sequined dress. Um, And her hair is tied up in a knot at the top of her head and kind of like stick, it's like right at the top of her head. Um, And she's kind of making these cheeky faces in each of the photos. And then all of them have this orange background. Yeah, it's like. (laughs) And then in one of the photos, she's wearing the dress fully and she's sticking her butt out and she's popping a champagne bottle in her hands and the bottle is spilling over the top of her head and landing in a cup that's being balanced on her butt. Yes.
0: Thank you. And yeah, you pointed out when we were looking at it that it's photoshopped, like so photoshopped. And that is like what Good does. Like he'll make the body look exaggerated and like he'll, he'll just kind of like slightly push the way that the body looks so that we're like, yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: it's kind of like this uncanny representation of the body where it looks like it actually is working in the way it is positioned, but it's actually being manipulated.
0: Yes, exactly. As was intended all along, the Break the Internet issue of Paper Magazine broke the internet. A day after its release, Paper Magazine's online traffic was nearly 1% of the US's entire online activity.
1: Okay, had Kim Kardashian been nude before in a magazine, because I thought she had.
0: I think so. She was in Playboy. Yeah.
1: And then she but, had a sex tape that everyone saw. Going back to the everyone looking at JLo's boobs on Google, I'm like, did we have we never seen boobs before?
0: I think it was the marrying of paper, which was like this already kind of magazine that was willing to like push boundaries and try different things. And Kim Kardashian, this like reality TV star who, again, was controversial to be on the cover of vogue i think it was a mixture of that and the way it's shot it's not like you know you'll have celebrities pose nude and it's in kind of a classic like kind of artful maybe slightly covered up way this is her standing staring at the camera her full body just exposed and i think like that is rare to see in photography at least of celebrities yeah that's true and the butt of it all
1: Yes, her butt is on the actual cover. Yeah. She's holding the dress under her butt.
0: Yeah. To emphasize the butt. Do you remember, like, the initial response to this?
1: Um, kind of. I mean, I remember being like, okay, break the internet. That's a little hyperbolic. (laughs) (laughs) But I think people were pretty going crazy over it. I didn't have Twitter at the time, so, like, I don't, I wasn't really in the know.
0: True. And you were at university, famously. Uh, I busy. Was busy. <laughs> I was busy being depressed in my room. at <laughs> <I>
1: had residence. <laughs>
0: um, there was a lot of criticism about, you know, the nudity. She was a new mother. Or criticism towards paper for putting her on the cover. But the one criticism that really stuck out to me at the time um, was about the photograph that you just described of her with the champagne bottle in her hands and the glass on her butt. This image is a recreation of a photo featured in Good's Jungle Fever. And obviously the purpose of the image is to like draw eyes to the subject's butt. Mm-hmm. Um, through th- the champagne. champagne yeah and soon after the spread came out many drew comparisons between the photo and the likeness of Sarchi sarah bartman a koi koi woman from south africa who was exhibited in european freak shows during the early 19th century under the name hot and hot venus mm. so bartman had steatopygia which meant she had a large buildup of tissue in her thighs and buttocks. And at the time she was in these freak shows, large butts were like a fascination amongst white European people who were attending these freak shows. And she died quite young in 1815 and her remains would be kept in a French museum after her death until the 1970s. So writer Blue Taluzma wrote a piece for the Griot the day after the paper photos came out. The piece was called Kim Kardashian doesn't realize she's the butt of an old racial joke. And in it, she draws the line between Bartman, a black woman exoticized and exploited for her body in a white culture that was fascinated by her, all the while seeing her as subhuman, Jean-Paul Gould's photography, which controversially purports to celebrate black women through fetishization, and Kim Kardashian, a woman best known for making big butts fashionable by giving them a white face. Mm -hmm. What do you think of this assessment, this comparison?
1: I mean that's yeah Yeah. i think we've been kind of touching on that yeah until now going back to us wondering why big butts weren't mainstream in the 90s was because yeah there wasn't a white face to put onto them and so now there was
0: yeah definitely and like do you think that paper magazine was the creative team was seizing on this
1: I mean, I don't know if it was necessarily intentional. Like, I'm not going to say that they sat down in a boardroom and they were like, big butts, but we need a white person. But I do think that, yeah, they were they were acting within this cultural understanding, like implicitly or not, that white people have more cachet in our culture
0: because yeah. we're racist. <laughs> and that people were just suddenly like, butts? Ever thought about butts? Yeah. And it was like a hot topic. I had initially planned to talk about this cover as something that introduced a discourse about cultural appropriation and like the co-opting of blackness into the fashion world. But I think I was a little naive in like assuming that this cover and its controversy were this big learning lesson. Because the controversy that came from the paper magazine cover didn't encourage the general public to have more critical conversations about race, art, and fashion. Instead, it kind of just taught Kim Kardashian and the fashion world that this was something that could sell and bring like attention to them.
1: I think it did, but I also do think this was the beginnings of a decade of people criticizing Kim Kardashian for being a culture vulture. Like I think we didn't criticize her about that before this. I think this was the beginning. Of when people were like, oh yeah, the Kardashians do co-opt black culture. They're still super famous, and this is why I don't like them, is because they've never had a reckoning. No. But like like the criticisms have been waged at them since this era, basically. Like we I think it did start the larger cultural conversation. I just don't know if the conversation was enough to swing the fashion industry.
0: Maybe I would say like in some circles, but just researching this, you know, I went on Google and I searched like Kim Kardashian Cultural Appropriation from 2014 on. And honestly, the kinds of hits I was getting was more like, the Kardashians are wearing feathers and stuff to Coachella. It wasn't really a lot about this specific incident. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there were people who were drawing attention to these comparisons.
1: Because I remember seeing this criticism, and I remember that is what colored the entire magazine for me. Like, I was not thinking about Kim Kardashian breaking the internet. I remember at the time, the major conversation being that this guy's photo in Jungle Fever... Which is almost identical to the Kim Kardashian one featured a black woman in it, uh, which was already kind of provoking like racial stereotypes, especially when it comes to Sarah Bartman. But that like th- this Kim Kardashian photo had taken this original photo and just replaced the black subject with a white one, who was Kim Kardashian. And like that's all I remember about this this era. Like I don't remember being like, oh, Kim is in. Maybe I was operating in certain circles, but like I do remember that dominating the conversation at the time.
0: Well, see, when I first started, and I was thinking kind of in a similar way, but I just actually tracking like the progression of her career, I think there were smaller criticisms and like conversations happening about Kim Kardashian and like being a culture vulture maybe at this time. But past this cover, like, honestly, I would say her increased influence and power in the fashion world and like in culture way overshadowed those conversations well, until I mean, like later on. It still on. does
1: though. Those conversations don't dominate the conversation around Kim Kardashian, but they've just been around. I don't think those conversations are the shift, but I think that it would be on you to say that they like they have been happening for a decade. They just haven't eclipsed Kim Kardashian's fame. So like, yeah. Kim Kardashian has gotten more and more famous, but the conversations about her being a culture vulture, they've never eclipsed her, but they've been growing and growing and growing since this moment.
0: Yeah, no, they definitely yeah. were happening. They definitely were happening. The only thing that I think her or fashion institutions really like learned was that this was something that brought attention. And like this was something that people were going to buy. They were going to click on and going to talk I about. I think
1: from the industry standpoint, I don't think there was a learning lesson. I yeah. do think that it did teach people about caricaturing black people and like I do think it taught it like I I remember that coming to my like I do think it taught people
0: yeah I guess I was like well I had this experience but I don't know if everyone else did if everyone else learned from it I mean I was at like some arts high school we were having these kinds of conversations. well I don't
1: think everyone did but I still think it was enough for us to see it on the internet that's... like I, I just it would just be naive to say that there's no like that this didn't trigger any conversations about or catalyze any conversations no about
0: obviously black. it did that's why it... there
1: isn't really another moment that is more that is bigger than this in the Kardashian history about. Being being a culture vulture like this this is the first one you
0: know yeah I think it definitely like sparked and brought on an awareness I guess I just meant to say like I was originally thinking about this episode as like and this changed the way we talk about things and like it sort of did but it also just feels like it changed things for the worse yeah but I I wouldn't say
1: that it didn't change things in that regard like I do think it changed things in the way we talk about co-opting black culture I don't think that change was as big as the change towards Kim Kardashian becoming sophisticated fashion woman.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. But yeah, her influence in the world of fashion, like it did just go after this cover. Like, you know, we said earlier, she became a fixture at the Met Gala. She opened the door for not only her own sisters, but for other celebrities who had like less classy uh, roots, like Gigi and Bella Hadid (laughs) <laughs> whose mom was on The Real Housewives um, to become, you know, models or to become, like, respected in the fashion world.
1: Haley Baldwin.
0: Haley Baldwin, totally. Kim's youngest sister, Kylie, became cool with the Tumblr generation as a teenager. And, you know, she began to rival Kim for who was the most influential Kardashian. And her makeup empire has made her a gajillionaire.
1: <laughs> self-made businesswoman. She's a
0: self-made 19-year-old billionaire. Yeah. um eventually anything kim wore or did would make headlines fast fashion companies became notorious for like literally copying outfits she'd be wearing in paparazzi photos and having them out the next day
1: yeah Uh, she really sparked the fashion nova era of fashion which yeah what a blight what a (laughs) blight on our society yeah
0: forbes estimated her net worth last year at 1.8 billion (laughs) dollars And even though it's gotten so boring over the last 15 years, the Kardashians had the biggest premiere in Hulu history when they premiered their newest show on the platform in 2022.
1: That's insane. Um, What was the show again?
0: So they used to be keeping up with the Kardashians. That ended and they were like, oh my God, an era's over. And then immediately they launched the Kardashians, a different show on Hulu. This
1: also goes to say that you see the change in when Kim became more of serious public figure the keeping up with the kardashians show became so fucking boring boring. it is mind-numbingly boring they are so obsessed with their own images that they cannot be fun on this show like it's like watching paint dry truly it's
0: genuinely so boring and then they're like fighting because they're like, Courtney doesn't want me to use her likeness in my iPod game. And it's all just about their various
1: corporate empires. And that's the extent of it. Like it has nothing to do with their actual relationships. It's just fucking boring. I'm so tired of these people.
0: I know. Some people have made the argument that the fashion industry's acceptance of Kim and her natural, quote unquote, uh, curves helped shift the culture towards less rigid beauty standards. What do you think about this?
1: I mean, I guess it's good that we're in an era where, like, actual extreme thinness isn't the beauty standard, but it doesn't mean that this beauty standard is any more attainable because Kim Kardashian and these women, it's not like they have, like, bellies. They all have, like, these flat stomachs and, like, tiny waists and then get these, like, enhancements in their hips to make their hips look bigger so that it can accentuate how small their waist is. And it's, like... Yeah, a lot of like people don't have those curves naturally, and it's triggered this era of BBLs, which are such a dangerous procedure to get, and so many women have them. Like, you go to downtown Toronto to like the downtown core, and you see so many BBLs walking around. It is actually crazy how much... The Kardashians have, like, influenced women around the world. And, like, you look at women who have gotten plastic surgery on their faces, and they look like the Kardashians. Like, I'm pretty sure there was an era where Kim's face was one of the most popular photos that was taken to a plastic surgeon.
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: And it's, like, they've actually done so much damage to to women everywhere. Like, it's actually crazy.
0: I think we grew up in a time where it was all about being as skinny as possible, except maybe in your boobs. It almost felt like the...
1: Except definitely in your boobs. The era that we grew up in was like super flat stomachs, no butts, and then gigantic (laughs) massive titties.
0: (laughs) And like all the influential girls or whatever all like openly had eating disorders. It became like a joke. And so like I think there was a moment, like a brief window where Kim felt really refreshing to everybody because... You know, it was slightly different, but I, I think we also forget that ultra thin bodies haven't always been the beauty standard. Like it's always shifting, and so introducing someone like Kim, who was curvaceous but still universally regarded as hot, into the mix didn't mean we were like opening up the fashion industry for all body types. Like like you said, it just created a new standard for everybody to fit to.
1: Yeah, and it just I think it just showed everyone that bodies are made into trends. Yeah, And like everyone has to scramble to embody that trend or else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The Kardashians have always denied getting Brazilian butt lifts, BBLs, which is a procedure where fat is taken from one part of your body and injected into your butt. But like you just have to look at before and after photos of them to know that they're lying.
1: Yeah, I think it was only extremely recently that Kylie Jenner actually admitted to having plastic surgery and like regretting the plastic surgery.
0: Even if the Kardashians were like all natural or whatever, like it didn't stop a surge from young women, like you said, going to make themselves look like them. Kim was kind of the example for anybody getting plastic surgery. And around the world, BBLs rose 77.6% in popularity from 2015
1: to 2021. Insane.
0: Yeah, even though they are, like you said, a very dangerous procedure, young women will go to places like Florida, Turkey, and Mexico, which are known to offer the surgery for as cheap as $3,000.
1: It's also given rise to this horrible epidemic of men on the first date happily calling themselves ass guys. (laughs) (laughs) Every single guy is an ass guy, like, groundbreaking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, wow, you like the body type that we've been told for the last eight years is the body type to like yeah. or the body part <laughs> I was gonna ask if I was being hyperbolic by linking this all back to Kim but I think you're on the same page as me
1: um what did you expect from me
0: <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know if you'd be like well actually I don't know
1: when it comes to the Kardashians I live in hyperbole yeah and like, I also don't think it's hyperbolic <laughs> I think it would be insane to say that the Kardashians have not had an absolutely massive and like palpable influence on beauty standards. Yeah,
0: probably the largest influence on beauty standards.
1: If I see another one of those neon cutout stretch dresses, like, come on, give me a break. Of course the Kardashians influence fashion and culture and beauty.
0: Yeah, it's so true. Like I said earlier, back when Sarchi Bartman was being shown in freak shows, white Europeans were fascinated by big butts I've seen conflicting timelines about the popularity of the bustle, which is a butt pad that you put under your skirt, but some sources suggest that European women at this time would wear them under their skirts to give the illusion of a fuller backside. That dichotomy that like existed back then like it continues to be mirrored in beauty and fashion today so like outside of popularizing the butt with white consumers kim kardashian's influence contributed to a phenomenon called blackfishing which is a combination of black and catfishing a term coined by journalist wayana thompson uh things like heavy spray tans wearing cornrows artificially plump lips Kylie Jenner saying she made wigs cool, um,
1: Ariana Grande talking in a completely invented accent that she didn't have
0: yeah. <laughs> before. All of these things have like allowed them to present themselves as racially ambiguous and like allowed them to adopt black aesthetics when they're in fashion like in the late 2010s, but because everything they're doing is put on and like underneath they aren't black women, they're able to like shed those aesthetics when they feel like the trends are now like passé which sort of leads us to today so i know you have a lot of feelings about this um in the past year or so people have begun to clock some physical changes with the kardashians and even they are like openly talking about their regrets around plastic surgery or like past looks Every outlet has like pointed out the fact that Kim Kardashian and her sisters are significantly less curvy. Um, I saw a headline that read, Kardashian bodies are shrinking. What does it mean for us?
1: Yeah, my main feeling about this is just that, okay, the Kardashians, yes, have all started dating white men. It's like a palpable change. They've all started like reversing their surgeries and maybe like looking thinner. I didn't notice that they were looking thinner because I don't care about them. And whatever, maybe other people have. But every single outlet, every single person on earth basically being like, what are we going to do? Now we're in a thin era. It's like, you are making it a thing, I know. you are calling it into existence. This thing doesn't just happen. Like, we didn't all get together and decide to look thin. You named it, just like they named it with Vogue back in 2014. You're naming it, and now, okay, now we're officially in a thin era. Stop naming the trend. Like, I don't actually think it's a real trend because that doesn't actually exist. You're calling the trend into existence. And I understand people are trying to raise awareness and, like, make people wary about the thinness trend, but I actually don't know if that is going to undo it. I actually think it's going to exacerbate it.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, at the peak of, like, Nicole Richie, Lindsay Lohan, like, anorexia, era (laughs) yeah when we were kids like for every image of them there was someone going girls these days are so skinny they're all bulimic and it's like that didn't that didn't make that not cool or popular or trendy
1: yeah exactly and i think i just don't think that eating disorders work like that No, i don't think that the more we're like thin 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 that's someone who falls into an eating disorder or, like develops one I don't think that that's actually going to deter them yeah and I actually think the they're just going to hear thin and I just think calling this much attention to it I I don't actually think it's very healthy or helpful
0: no and I think I mean the healthier, or helpful thing would be to like stop declaring body types trends generally
1: yeah just stop making it a trend in any way shape or form yeah. just stop just stop talking about bodies, to be completely honest. Like, I actually think it's a little weird that everyone's, like, talking about Kim Kardashian's body being thinner. Like, like we're surveilling what her body looks like. Well, it's... And I think that's weird. Like, actually, just stop talking about bodies. Like, it also just,
0: like, highlights how influential, or, like, how much we've accepted her influence. And that, like given her the Whatever, power. like, state she's in, we're like, oh my god, this is the thing. Like, if Kim Kardashian breaks her arm, we gonna be like, wow, arms, it's all about arms we've got to break our arms now yeah.
1: like it's just like stop giving her so much power and i think by saying oh no what are we gonna do now because kim's thin it's like you're giving her that power okay kim's thin that shouldn't actually impact anyone it obviously does and i'm not being naive and saying that she doesn't have an influence but like
0: come on i know i just think it's like yeah there's like a certain responsibility we should take in being like and this This affects us and we should not let this affect us. Body neutrality. Stop fucking talking about bodies. (laughs) But I'd want to know, like, why do you think the Kardashians did have this flip or this shift? Do you think that the conversations and the criticisms around them as being culture vultures actually had an effect? Or do you do you think that they decided that the like image that they were previously putting out became so um so copied so popular that like they had to kind of turn around in order to feel like they were on the edge of something
1: I think it's like a few things and I think they're all slightly unintentional like I think that those bodies are really hard to keep up with the the bodies that they had initially had I also think that they have so much money right that they can treat their bodies like we would treat getting a haircut yeah, And, like, I'm someone who, okay, I can think I look amazing with my long hair, but if I've had it for too long, I'm like, well, gotta cut it, you know? And I think because they treat their bodies so flippantly like that, they can just be like, well, never mind, I don't want this anymore. Like, they they can treat their bodies like a trend because they can afford to yeah and I think it's just like okay I'm tired of this I don't know it's been like a decade of having this body I'm bored I want to look different now like maybe that's it maybe they've all developed eating disorders who knows but it's like I don't think it's fully intentional I don't think they all sat down and had a conference together about the fact that they need to look different like I just think that's giving them too much uh, really I I mean
0: honestly just thinking about the way that they operate and like how they are basically like a brand and a company as a family, I wouldn't be surprised. That's true. Like maybe, maybe
1: their management also was like, you gotta look different. I just, I just don't know if it's as cut and dry as that. I think there's many factors yeah. in- impacting it. And honestly, like, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just oblivious but I didn't really notice until everyone started talking about it and I think it's so weird that people have just been zooming in on her arms to be like oh Oh, yeah look 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 it's like oh like I don't like Kim Kardashian and I think it's weird to be like assessing her
0: body in such a way like yes but she does openly talk a lot about wanting to be skinny like oh Oh, I guess she talked a lot
1: about like losing a lot of weight
0: to get in her Marilyn dress and it's not like she's just innocently like her body's changing it's like she is talking She's about talking it about she it. is contributing i think to that that's true and like yeah body parts they go in and out of fashion they they shouldn't but it, it's not something that the kardashians invented but as they and like the many girls that they influence like start leaning back towards eurocentric beauty standards it becomes like more and more clear that what we were celebrating as like a shifting tide for body inclusivity was just a sham and a trend. Yeah, and a trend. And like at the end of the day, there are women who just look the way that Kim Kardashian was trying to make herself look, you know, in 2018, 2019. There are people who who whose images and like likeness they were capitalizing off of and like recreating who now they've kind of just like left behind in a way. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. The no. The women who have run and gone the BBLs.
0: No, but also the women who naturally like look that way, like
1: oh yeah, but they always look that way, and they always have. And I think, again, if we just stop treating bodies like a trend, then those women won't fall by the wayside. Like I think it's just like, they're not gonna fall by the wayside if we just don't talk about it like a trend. I know. Like I don't even want to characterize them as being left behind because it's like, that insinuates that they're gonna be untrendy, and it's like, well, I'm just refused to let thinness be a trend. I refuse to let anybody be a trend at this point. I just don't want to even, like, call it into existence, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It makes sense. Those
1: women have existed forever in those bodies. So it's like, they can't do anything about it.
0: No, I agree. How do you feel about the legacy of the Kardashians? Like, do you think it's fading?
1: No, because they've spawned like 40 children and those kids are going to become famous you when think? they're older. Yeah, I have a very strong feeling. Like they're like building a little empire. I'm like, I don't know if we'll ever see the end of it.
0: <laughs> I'm hoping so. I I don't. Yeah, I can't tell if, if like they are becoming less popular or not.
1: If they're already changing and morphing into a new brand, then like who knows? Right? Yeah, genuinely. If they got out of the Fashion Nova Chic era before everyone else did, then they're already going to be ahead. And, like, that's scary.
0: (laughs) But do you agree that the paper magazine cover was a paradigm shift?
1: I think it was a paradigm shift. Yeah, Like, I think that, again, like what you're saying, I think it did trigger conversations about the Kardashians as it pertains to race. And then I think more than that, it triggered this embracing of low culture stars into the world of high culture and mixing the two and then as you were saying i think it did trigger this paradigm shift in bodies and a paradigm shift in the way we talk about bodies because now here we are talking about (laughs) the body as trend and i think that is a new conversation as well that we haven't really just talked about before
0: yeah i would say so any closing thoughts kim kardashian go away
1: like just go away Rehash is hosted by Hannah Rain and me, Maia. It's produced and edited by me, and the intro and outro songs produced by our talented friend, Ian Mills. Thanks for listening.